Okay. You have any questions for me? No, ma'am. No, no ma'am. Oh, you're sweet. <laughs> I'm going to ma'am you a lot, by the way. So if that makes you uncomfortable, I'm sorry. I'm going to try not to. No, you're good. <laughs> just when in doubt, just call me B. All right. Okay. So are okay. you ready? Yes. Let's get into the meat and potatoes of this. Welcome back to Don't Cast and Drive. This is your speaker person, sometimes V, on an episode for interviews. I know I haven't done an interview in a while, but it's really nice to have, you know, DJ Tyukin with me here today. How's it going? It's going all right. How y'all doing? You know, we're getting there, you know, suffering through the coronavirus, but, you know, I'm blessed with no traffic in the Bay Area. So how's it going for you? That's a blessing for you, but uh, like they just shut down my school, and I'm graduating in two months, so I don't know how to go. Uh, oh, that's the worst. Yeah, I'm um, I'm kind of freaking out. Had a small anxiety attack earlier. It's fine. It's fine. <laughs> oh no! How many credits do you have left? Um, sixteen technically. Yeah, sixteen left. So I'm that's almost like, done. Yeah, you're getting pretty close. Like, are a lot of your classes like three credit classes? Four credit classes, yeah. Four credit classes, yeah. Don't worry, you'll get there. I'm so sorry that they shut down your school because I've been saying this all week that this whole virus thing is just overhyped for something that could be taken care of if people just recognize their own symptoms and stay home. I feel that. I feel that 100%. Yeah. And yeah. if they acted earlier, it, it would be uh, nowhere near as big as it could be. I mean, as it is now, I'll say. Yeah. Meanwhile, the flu is killing more people. So, <laughs> so uh, tell me, tell me about yourself. I want you to kind of, you know, lead this for you. Um, I want to feature you. So tell me, tell me some things about your uh, music. Okay. Um, so as you, as you said, I was, I'm DJ Tayokin. I am a nerdcore rap producer. Um, I make beats based off of anime and video games, mostly Dragon Ball. Uh, it's just something that really interests me, and I love hip-hop and Dragon Ball, and they just fit really well together. So, yeah, um, it's it's something I've been doing for a little bit, but uh, I really love doing it, and I think it's something that, uh, it's something unique, and um I have some stuff coming, but uh, yeah, that's pretty much it. I'm a Dragon Ball hip hop producer. That's Dragon Ball hip hop producer. Is it specifically Dragon Ball or just the whole Dragon Ball franchise in itself? Dragon Ball franchise as a whole. Uh, there's so many samples in music from video games to like the American soundtrack to like the Japanese soundtrack from like different shows. I'm like, I like all of it. So I wanted to, you know, let people rap over it. <laughs> Yeah, yeah. So you recently had uh, you had submissions going or open submissions going for a uh, a Dragon Ball GT cipher. Is that correct? Yes. Yes, I did. Yes, I did. Yeah, yeah. And, and like you know, for me, when I watch GT, for some reason, my brain thinks GT started in the Cell games, but apparently it didn't. So, 
how would you differentiate the differences between like just doing a generic Dragon Ball Z or Dragon Ball versus Dragon Ball GT? Well, with GT, um, the main reason I did GT was for two reasons. The sample, the main primary sample is a GT sample. And I really, really liked it. And it went really hard. So I'm like, I got to do this. But also, everybody does a Dragon Ball Z uh, cipher. There's a lot of people who do Dragon Ball Z ciphers. Um, Game Boy Jones just had one previously uh, a few weeks back. And then Natsu Fuji had one years ago. And I love Natsu Fuji. Um, he's the one who inspired me to do this thing. And uh, I did it GT because it made it made it distinct. Um, mm-hmm. Even if they rap about regular Dragon Ball stuff, it still kind of encapsulates this the GT cipher. Separates from the Z cipher. So. This is very true. Yeah, I, I've noticed that... Um, everybody whenever they talk about Dragon Ball Z or Dragon Ball like it's it's very um it's very broad there isn't really like anybody I know who like will specify like the differences between each one except for Dragon Ball which is like a given and Dragon Ball AF which is like kind of like the afterthought of Dragon Ball uh GT or Super Mm -hmm. and so um no I just I think it was just really cool that you like made it very specific for that one um but you know speaking of that cipher like what do you, whose uh, verse are you the most excited about releasing? I like them all, you know. I I have a group called Okumura on there. Um, they're really, really dope. Um, our special podcast host, you know, has a verse on there. I really, really enjoy. <laughs> it's a quick eight bars, but I'm in there. <laughs> yes, you are. And then um, Grayson. I really, really love his verse. His verse is phenomenal. Um, Grayson, formerly known as Nightwing, formerly known as Maverick the Ronin. Mm-hmm. Oh my God, that verse was insane. I, I, I'm so stoked for it. Yeah, I can't he's been killing it. it. Yeah, yeah. I don't know if he wants me to tell you this, but um, <laughs> I, I made a beat for a Saint Seiya cipher for him too. So. <laughs> That should be coming up soon. Oh, he'll probably tell me. Like, yeah. he'll probably listen to this and be like, oh, man, I might have told him to be myself. Or, oh, she was going to find out anyway. <laughs> you know? I know I'm about to get beat up. He probably, I know you've, you've been talking about it on, like, socials and stuff. But, yeah, I made the beat for that. And then they're super excited about it. And I'm super excited about it. And it's going to be pretty dope. Oh, so you're saying that you've been requested lately. And you've been more and more, you've been asking, people have been asking you for commissions. Yeah, it's weird. It's never happened before. Like, this is the first time I've been in demand for anything. Yeah. Well, congratulations. You're in. <laughs> yes. And it feels really, really good. Like, I get to work with people I really, really love. I truly love and truly love the music and everything they stand for. And it's just, it's fantastic. Yeah, I'm yeah. happy for you. So, um, Taigan, tell me more about your, just kind of like your background story. Like, where are you from? So I'm from the mean, mean streets of Wisconsin. <laughs> Go on. I, I was born. I was born in Illinois, and we moved up to Wisconsin for like lower taxes, better schools, and stuff like that. So I've been up here since I was a young boy, mm-hmm. like in between Chicago and Milwaukee. But uh, yeah, I, I, I grew up in Wisconsin, <laughs> and. Uh, 
it was it's a it's a different place to live you know like one place you could see like all these factories and stuff the next place you could see like cows it's just different (laughs) (laughs) um but yeah so when when i was younger uh i grew up with my mother and my father uh and my father uh was a hip-hop fanatic his name is king size event he's also another rapper (laughs) that i got to work (laughs) with and collaborate with but um he used to show me like all these uh like records and songs and cds that we have like gangstar and like nas and wu-tang all the stuff i'm like oh this is what i want this is what i love mm-hmm. it's like grimy hip-hop stuff at the same time he would introduce me like video games and like dragon ball and like street fighter and skateboarding and wrestling and all this other stuff all the nerd stuff that encapsulates me as a person he showed it all to me so on the mean streets of wisconsin i got showing the love of hip-hop and anime and because of him i got to combine them together so mm-hmm. that's me as a child <laughs> watching cartoons listening to rap music yeah playing video games. Yeah. isn't it crazy how those two combinations like let's say like we're talking about your dad's era of hip-hop right you're saying like nas nas and wu-tang where it was mm-hmm. like the, the like the nitty-gritty like hip-hop and mm-hmm. now we're like we're in 2020 and nerdcore has went from a thing of ah oh, that shit's hell stupid to no this shit's actually banging <laughs> Man, and everybody yeah. and everybody's in it now and so what are your thoughts from hip-hop kind of transforming into from one genre into multi-genres such as you know like nerdcore or um trap or um i would even say like i call I stole this from G1 from the G G1 to the rescue, but this one is called um, uh, luxury rap, which is like Drake and DJ Khaled and all that shit. So, <laughs> um, yeah. But anyway, I guess going back to my question, my question is like, what are your thoughts by seeing hip hop transform the way that it's been going? I think that I think that's perfect. To be honest, um, having diversity is good having competition is good having something for everybody is good now not everybody has to be said like in said diversity but like having you know sing song rappers kind of like like roddy rich or like future where they're like singing over melodies and still having like the trap beats and everything or having like smoke dizza and like West Side Gun make that like grimy rap. Mm-hmm. Having all the the uh, having both is better for the genre as a whole because then everybody can get it get into hip hop in some way, shape, or form. Mm-hmm. And it may be different forms of hip hop, but it's all like the same art, same nature of you know telling my truths or you know fabricated truths <laughs> over. Uh, a, a beat uh street poetry as you will yeah I, I, I love i love having a uh, diversity i love hearing on my playlist a mega grand song and then going to a baby song it sounds weird and everybody's like me but i like having a diversity because it gets me in different moods having different types of uh, thought and like but it still feels like the spirit of rap or hip-hop yeah so i love it 
Yeah, no, I completely agree. I, I go from listening to, oh boy, I can go from listening to the far side to listening to, you know, white girl mob, which is like Krayshawn <laughs> to listening to the baby. And then sometimes I'll even like take it a step back and listen to diggable planets. Like mm-hmm. there are three very, or maybe I named off four, but like, these are very different genres of the same art style, you know? Um, and I think it's, sorry, I cut you off. No, no, you're good. Uh, no. And so anyway, like, I think it's really great that it's expanded the way that it's expanded. And also it, it brings a little bit more inclusivity. Don't you think? Yes. 100%. Where we can have, where we can have a Lex, the lexicon artist rap about being an artist and hating herself themselves. I'm sorry. And then we could have, Meg the Stallion talk about Hot Girl Summer, and they both be a part of the same genre while they're still spitting their truths. I think it's fantastic. Now, not everybody has to like everything. Mm-hmm. Diversity doesn't mean you have to like it. It just means it has to have an option for everybody. And I think that's fantastic. I really like it a lot. Yeah. It's a beautiful thing. Yeah. Yeah, no, I completely agree. So, uh, Wisconsin, Wisconsin, <laughs> Is the cheese good? Yes. It's <laughs> fresh. It's super fresh. You get it like, I'm not saying you could just walk up and just g- grab some cheese, but there's cheese literally everywhere. <laughs> just get like a mound of cheese. It's like, a, it's like a bouquet, right? You just pick it off of the street. I'm just joking. That's gross. It's <laughs> that. It's cheese and beer. There is so much alcohol here. It's not even funny. Like in my city, there's literally like a uh, bar on every single corner or a liquor store. And that's not that's not an exaggeration. It's literally like every other corner is like a bar or a liquor store. <laughs> so everyone likes their beer. Are you twenty one yet? Yes, ma'am. Oh, okay. You, what's your beer taste? I, I don't drink. Ah, okay. Tell me why. Well, um, that's just uh, just personal taste. I've had bad experiences with not necessarily me, but with other people. Mm-hmm. I really just don't. I just don't want to get like that. Or treat anybody like that, you know. And I know I can. I have agency for myself, but at the same time, I just I don't want to mess with it. Okay, no, that's fair. I'm not hazing you over. The no, phone. no, I appreciate it. <laughs> no, I I actually noticed that that's actually a thing that's been getting a little bit more and more popular. Is I know that less and less people drink, as well. Um, so every time I ask, I or if I, I feel like the older I get, and I'm not that old. I'm like turning 29 this year, but. I feel that the older I get, the less people want to drink. Or whenever I'm talking to somebody who's younger than me, and it's like, oh, let's go get a beer. They're just like, nah, I don't do that. So I've noticed that a lot lately, um, which has been an interesting kind of like culture shift for me. I don't know if I'm the only one who's feeling that, but. Um, no, you- I, I see it here too. I see it here too. Um, it's still kind of not as it's not as close as to what you're saying because I have a bar on like every corner. There's nothing to do after hours after work or after like a late night is just go drink or eat or something. Mm-hmm. Um, but there's a lot of people I've met that are like, I don't, they don't want to get messed up or if they drink, they're very, very responsible about it mm-hmm. because they do know the dangers of, you know, people dying or they don't like, you know, how it makes them feel or some people even get allergies from it. I've discovered recently. But yeah, like, a lot of people I know who have allergies or if they drink, they break out in like hives. 
Yeah, yeah. So, like, I, I see a lot of people, they're typically going towards other ways of coping if you get catch my drift. <laughs> I don't yeah. see a lot of people drinking, but I, I do see a lot of people uh, medicated. So, yeah, there's no such thing as medicated drinking. <laughs> no, 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 no. There's a bunch of myths aside from the health effects of, of drinking. Like I've heard people say that they'll drink like, oh, I'll have my, my evening whiskey. And that's how I live to be 109 years old. But other than that, that doesn't work for everybody. Not everybody works the same usually. No. Um, no. So yeah, going back to, um, so you're saying that you go to school. How do you juggle school and doing music? Well, school is always first. Um, music is, unfortunately, it's like the like the fourth thing in my life, like my fourth priority. Because, you know, you got family, you got friends, I have a girlfriend now. Like, There's other things that, I, that are in my, I have work also. There's other things like in my life that I can't really always do music. Like I can't do it when I want to. Mm-hmm. But when I make the chance for it, I take a lot of time to dedicate uh, towards my craft. And just to make myself better, improve, and uh, you have to just carve out a little niche, even if it's not a lot, a lot of time, um, just to keep yourself busy, keep your mind working. If I hear a sample, just put it in the machine real quick, mess with it for a few minutes, put it back, just to you know get that mind working, mm-hmm. put the template down. But uh, yeah, it's really really tough because like I'm I'm about to graduate, have a full time job. I, I have family responsibilities. Like I, I can't work on music when I want to. Now because I'm graduating soon, fingers crossed I'll be able to have more time, but yeah, it's 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 super hard. <laughs> super incredibly hard. Yeah, no, I, I, I can understand that. I I got into a relationship last year and there was a lot of projects I kinda like shelved for like a second. Because there's a lot of there's a lot of bonding and a lot of uh you know just a lot of time that needs to be spent to make sure like everything goes okay. Um, but there's also like with school, I I was lucky enough I went to school for music so I was always surrounded with music. Mm-hmm. Um, but I can't imagine doing another major and then having the time to stay committed the way that I would want to stay committed. Um. Yeah. So, I'm a history major too, so it's like I'm I'm always reading or analyzing documents or going somewhere to get more information. Oh, uh, did you say you're a history major? Yes, ma'am. Oh, history major. Oh, that's dope. Uh, yeah, no, it's always good to get all that information. Actually, it what's really cool about just like taking other majors, like it could apply to like you know the craft that you're passionate about, right? Mm-hmm. So you it. There's there's no strict border between between each thing that you're doing because it's always going to cross over somehow anyway. Um, so what what inspired you to do history? It's just it came easy to me, and I didn't do it because it was easy. But like I've noticed that every time I was interested in something, I always had to find the background on that something. Mm-hmm. When listening, we'll use your music example. Figuring out how old certain artists were when they wrote certain albums, why they wrote that album, what were the mental state when they wrote that album. That always interests me. We were talking about like Dragon Ball when I was in high school. 
when I was in high school, I would just binge and just get all the Dragon Ball information I could because I had access to the internet. And like I found out all this other stuff about how the English version and Japanese version were different. So just like doing research, I love watching documentaries. I've noticed all this stuff since I was younger, and I was like, "Oh, I really like to analyze things." And also, I've always known since I was younger, since I was younger, I loved analyzing people and why they did things, not necessarily that they did things. Mm-hmm. So when when I got my history major, noticing that. Like analyzing text to see why somebody committed a murder or why war started or stuff like that. It always interests me. Not necessarily the dates, but the why. And I, I just love it. Mm-hmm. Oh, that's awesome. What's your favorite part of history to study? Probably uh, civil rights issues. I can't give you a time, but usually civil rights issues uh, relating to, you know, black folk. It's always important to me because as a black man in society, especially uh, how polarizing things can be sometimes, mm-hmm. I just want to know more about my people and why they did the things they did and how we can be better impacted. Not that I'm going to change anything, but I want to know why. You want to understand the whys and, and analyze what we can do to strengthen our community? Is that where you're going with that? Exactly. Okay. Yeah, I... Um, <laughs> I have a really interesting story about that. So it was kind of like white nonsense, unfortunately. But oh, no. yeah. <laughs> I was told to give a presentation in one of my uh I'm not gonna name what class it was. I'm sure people who are listening know exactly which class it is because I've told this story before, not on this podcast, but just outside of this. Okay. So I missed one day of class. I I forgot why I missed that one day of class, but I had to miss that day of class. It, it was just like a, a thing. I had to sacrifice one thing to make up another thing. So I just had to make a choice. Mm-hmm. During the class that I missed, apparently the instructor said, oh, we're getting into the subject of civil rights. We should have Veronica do a presentation on civil rights, on the civil rights movement. And lo and behold, I was the only black girl in the class. Excuse me? Yeah, I was not only targeted because I was gone. But when I came back, they're like, oh, it'd be so beneficial if we heard about the civil rights movement from you. (laughs) I wanted to scream. I was like, excuse me? In the back of my mind, I'm going like, you really picked the only black girl in this class to do a presentation on the civil rights movement. And I paused. And I went, listen, I know people who were involved, (laughs) like, you know, I can name off like Angela Davis, like Stokely Carmichael and Martin Luther King Jr. And you know, all those guys, right? Mm -hmm. So, but I'm sitting here like, I can't give you dates. I don't, I don't know the, the, the specifics. It's not that I didn't want to know the specifics, but I just like, listen, I know this is a movement that's really important for my community. I know this is a movement that really helped, you know, you know, showcase the power of what the black community is capable of. However, like, don't call my ass out because I'm the only black person in this classroom because, and make me do a presentation that I'm 100% unprepared for. Like, this is like, that was just an attack. 
So that frustrates me. It's like, you know, I'm supposed to have all the knowledge of every single piece of my race. My race is history. Even if I'm not a history major or whatever, that's not my interest. I'm supposed to know everything because, you know, the color of my skin. That makes sense. Yeah, apparently, like, if you see, like, I don't know, if you see a black celebrity and someone's like, oh, do you know what's going on with this person? And you're like, no. It's like, but you should because you're black. It's like, that's weird. <laughs> well, my mom would used to tell me horror stories all the time. She was at work. Uh, she used to work in this area that didn't have many uh, colored folk, I'll say. And um, they would uh, use, well, one, the term colored, but they always ask her about Oprah and, like, Barack Obama because, like, that's the only thing they know about black people is Oprah and Barack Obama. Oh, yikes. And then she'd have to hear that every single day. And it, uh, she, it was, she would get through it pretty easily, but like she, you could tell she was frustrated by it. And she was very annoyed. Yeah. So. No, don't, don't like uh, listeners. If, if those who are listening, just if you see your black friend or you have a black coworker, just and you feel like you feel empowered to be like on our side by making us do some non- nonsense that makes zero sense for th- your context, just don't ask. <laughs> or if you're going to ask, like talk about it to them in private. I don't know. There's, I'm not saying this is the right way to do, do this, but just no, don't, no. just like, don't assume that we know everything about everything. Just treat us like we're human beings. Like I wouldn't come up to you and ask you like, what's what's you know what's the whole history behind george washington did he really have real teeth or was it fake teeth <laughs> oh my god also allyship because we're talking to the audience right yeah sort of i mean i'm still working on that but yes <laughs> allyship can come from asking questions but don't do it on a public platform as she was as uh, v was saying before you can ask questions. It's okay to go ask questions. It's all about how pre- it's all about presentation. It's all about intent. Mm-hmm. So people are willing to listen. I, for one, love when people ask me questions about blackness because I'd rather them ask me the questions about blackness than spout out nonsense. Mm-hmm. So ask me questions. Okay. But also be forewarned. If you come incorrectly, I'll come back incorrectly. That's all it is. So. <laughs> You said it, yeah. So questions are good. Expecting me to be in some type of way just from some weird inflammatory comment is bad. <laughs> 100%. That's like, it's common decency. We are human beings. <laughs> We're not just, you know, animals. <laughs> animals all. <laughs> uh, so, sweet. So tell me more about... Um, some of the projects that you're looking into doing and releasing. Okay. So we have the GT Cypher. And I'm glad that we are talking today because the GT Cypher should be coming by the end of April at the latest. Woohoo! Yes. The, yes. Beat's, the beat is pretty dope, guys. I'm really excited for him to release this. Man, that, I, that's some of my best work, honestly. Um, I'm going to toot my own horn really quickly. I'm sure there was blood, sweat, and tears into that. Yeah, 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 yeah. I was making it between, like, uh, like breaks and all this other stuff. It was, it, it took some time. Um, yeah. You're so doing great. Like, after all the drafts that you sent out, like, you're doing fantastic. Man, I can't wait. And then um, 
I just have to remix. I have to remix it down, and then uh, add a few voice clips. So in between working and stuff, I should that shouldn't take that long. I should be able to get that out pretty quickly. Um, and then after that, a month from the date, I drop that album. I mean, drop that uh, cipher. There's an album coming out. It's entitled Tayo. It's an entire Dragon Ball hip hop album. And it is dope. So on that album, I have that group Okumura I told you about previously. I have Grayson slash Nightwing slash Maverick the Ronin. I have him on there. I have, who else am I thinking about? I have Phil Harmonics from uh, the Phoenix area on nice. there. Um, Aramis, uh, from, uh, Aramis from Detroit, King Size of Vet, I have on there. But also, you're getting an exclusive tip, V. Oh, yeah? I have Novelist on the album. Nice. <laughs> nice. Good for you, dude. See, you got a lot of believers. You got, you got a bunch of heavyweights, nerdcore heavyweights on this album, and then you got Novelist. Thank, bless your soul. Man, man, um, I didn't eat for a little bit to get Novelist on the album, but I got Novelist on the album. Oh, I forgot. I got Kick Flames on the album, too. I have T-Call on the album. Alfred Shut Banks up. on the album. Yep. Shut up. You got Kick Flames and T-Call? You got T-Call there? I have Alfred Banks on there, also. <laughs> you got Alfred? Oh, my God. This is going to be so good. Yeah. I'm excited <laughs> for you. Oh, yeah. this is so good. Good job. Is this your yeah. first album ever? First full uh, album, yeah. This first full-length album, so I wanted to go all out. This is actually probably going to be one of my only big projects like this. This is like a year and a half, two years in the making. Oh, my gosh. Yeah. But freaking, I almost said, well, I can cuss on this pod. That's fucking fantastic. That is, that is you are doing it. You're doing it. Um, I'm sorry that you didn't have to eat for a second, so maybe you should get that Patreon going. But <laughs> <laughs> no, no, no. But uh, other than that, like, that's awesome. Like, I mean, and you have so many people on here. Like, you got a few believers. Like, that means, like, you're doing good. Mm-hmm. Yeah, good job. I feel bad. I feel like they're going to be mad because I forgot them. I didn't mean to forget them. I just have so many people on the album. And I've been – it's been a little bit for me to finish it because I have all the stems and everything. I just need to finish it. Yeah. <sighs> but, uh, yeah. yeah. No, that... it's one of those things you got to, like, sit down and just – focus like a couple hours and then you're like okay a couple hours are done and you gotta sit yeah. down again and then you're like okay a couple hours and i'm done like i do the same thing when i'm writing trades so you you got this like you don't need my advice i'm giving you advice on accident so my apologies no it's fine it's fine like there's there's not a bad song on the album oh, of course i made the music and of course as the artist you're gonna say there's not a bad song on the album but like legitimately if i was a hip-hop anime fan and i heard it and i'm not trying to hype it up it's kind of it took hype me back. Hype up your to shit, when, dude. Just hype it up. When I first, it took me back to when I first heard the Mega Ran album for the first time. Which one? The first one. Oh, like, oh, like first album. Jeez, I don't even know what that is. What's the name? Mega Ran. It's just called Mega. <laughs> well, so it's random. Oh, that's when he was random. So it was Mega Ran. Yeah, no, this is true. He was called Random back then. Yes, we have to. Well, I heard, listen to the call too, but like when I heard Mega Ran, that's the one I heard 
that's the one I heard second. Technically, the one I heard first was Forever Famicom with K Murdoch, which is probably my favorite nerd album and one of my favorite albums of all time. But when I first heard Mega Ran, I was like, man, this dude is, this dude is rapidly rapping about video games. Mm-hmm. And it doesn't sound corny. Mm-mm. Like, that's the hardest part, right? About sometimes nerd rap, and I love it, and I'm not knocking nerd rap, but it, it doesn't sound like gritty rap music. And I know it's a different genre for different people. Mm-hmm. But, like, when I listen to rap, I kind of, like, expect a certain type of rap. And, like, when I hear, when I heard Megaran for the first time, I'm like, dude, there's, like, a rapper that's, like, rapping, rapping. That's rapping like he's rapping about, like, street stuff. But he's talking about Mega Man. He's talking about Nintendo games. And he's talking about his childhood and all this other stuff. And he doesn't cuss. He's super positive. Like, this is everything that I wanted mm-hmm. in my life. So when, when he's, like, my main inspiration. So, like, when I going back to the album, I don't have any cussing on the album. Because I want to get more people into it. You know, broader audience than just regular rap fans and Dragon Ball fans. But, uh, yeah, there's no custom on the album. People are, like, spitting and going hard at it. Like, it's some of the best verses I've heard. Nerd raps, period. And I just, I'm just super stoked about it. Like, when you guys hear it, like, it's nuts. And that no- the novelist feature, oh, my God. I'm so excited. <laughs> yeah. No, this is, this is so great. Like, this is going to be so good. I reminiscing on the things I listened for my grand, I think I, I think my first album I listened to was black, the black material album. That's classic getting remastered. I mean, getting remade. I am so stoked. I'm so stoked for that one. And I think it's just because small fantasy seven has been in my heart since like, you know, since forever. So I wish I can say since 1997, that's not really true. I discovered Final Fantasy VII when I was in middle school. So that was like 2003. I have a dirty secret. Uh, You're going to tell me that you were born in 2003? No. I've never played Final Fantasy VII. Oh, oh. And I learned about the story through what? Black Materia. (laughs) That's fair. That's okay. There's so many spinoffs now that it it's really hard to like get back in it. You're like, why? What's going on? Like when you play the original game and you don't really have um, abstract thinking when you're a kid, you don't know what the hell is going on. Right. <laughs> you're just going through the storyline. You know that like there's a couple things that, that are really hard. You get stuck at the golden saucer. You're just like, what the hell am I doing? <laughs> then at some point after all of the failed attempts of your disc loading and you're being super persistent with finishing this game, you finally get to Sephiroth, who's just a pain in the ass to defeat. Yeah. But then you're like... Oh, sorry, go ahead. No, go ahead, go ahead, go ahead, go ahead. Tell the story. Yeah, so then you're like thinking about like, oh, okay, I don't understand how any of this shit works. Then you start writing fan fictions to fill in the gaps about the storyline. Then the spinoffs happen, right? Mm Then the spinoffs happened. So I can't remember which one came off came out first, but then there was the Vincent Valentine game, Dirge of Cerebus. Mm-hmm. Then there was uh, Advent Children, which was the movie that happened after the fact. Yeah. Uh, there was like uh, there is Crisis, Crisis Core. Core, Crisis, Crisis Core that Core came out. Fire. Yeah. Crisis Core is amazing. So I played Crisis Core before I played the first game, 
And I couldn't get in the first game because it's a turn-based RPG. Now, I grew up playing pretty much all fighting games. I have no attention span for RPGs. Mm-hmm. But then when I played Crisis Core, I'm like, this is, this is fantastic. Mm-hmm. And you get this, like, snarky little guy with a big old sword, you know, slashing stuff. <laughs> yeah, Zach. Yeah. Uh, and I, I, know, I know bad things happen to him in the main game, but still. Yeah. I got an attachment to him. This is great. Yeah, you don't really understand Zach's role until much later. Mm-hmm. And then you play Crisis Core and you're like, oh, that makes sense. That makes total sense. Thank God for fan fictions. Because <laughs> I was a kid and I was just so confused. Uh, but yeah, Crisis Core is really good. That was actually, Crisis Core was the first game where I fell in love with Sephiroth. Sephiroth, yeah. I just thought was like a really annoying character, but like I fell in love with Sephiroth after playing Crisis Core because I'm like, wow, he's really troubled. And like he, for a second, was like really sane. The duality is mm-hmm. what I like. Because like you tell, you can see that he's like, he's a really good guy at first. He tried. And then, you know. <laughs> the duality with villains, right? Yes. Duality of villains. But yeah, so tell me why, out of all the catalog of animes and games out there, why did Dragon Ball Z stick out the most for you? All right, so now I'm going to date myself and date you a little bit. (laughs) You're fine. I started watching Dragon Ball Z when I was three years old. Get out (laughs) of (laughs) here. So... So like you're still shitting in diapers? Are you kidding me? <laughs> no, I'm being dead serious. Like my dad used to work at a video game store, and he used to get his. Uh, he used to like trade like DVDs and stuff. So like his friends would give him the new tapes. Plus it would come on every day after school. So like when I was little, I vaguely remember original Toonami, but I know I love it. But like after that, Dragon Ball just stuck with me for 18 years of my life. Legitimately, okay. which is weird. I actually read the manga before I read saw the entire anime because, like, I told my librarian, I was like, I want more Dragon Ball stuff, more, more Dragon Ball stuff, and she just gave me all the manga. That's what's <laughs> up. Yeah. So. She's like, I'll give this little nerd what he wants. <laughs> oh, he, 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 I feel so bad for him. Let me give him. She's like, this guy brought on all these Dragon Ball books. It was all 42 volumes from when he was little. So when he was big, I mean, to, to the end of the show, where you met, like, Oob and stuff, like, it's a whole story. Mm-hmm. So I was like, wow. And then I just kept, I just kept falling in love with it, finding new things about it, and then listening to music when I started getting in high school. I'm like, I want to try to do something with this. So, yeah. 18 years. 18 years. Okay, that makes sense. Um, yeah, I'm just... I think, to be honest, I got into anime when I was in fourth grade. So, and that was because I used to see segments of Sailor Moon here and there. Mm -hmm. And I'm like, what is that? What is that animation? I want it. Like, it was just like a weird thing. I was like, I want to see what that is. And I did it. And I couldn't like pinpoint what it was. And then finally a cousin of mine, she's like, have you seen the show Sailor Moon? And she showed me a picture. I'm like, what is that? I need to watch it now. And so that's how my whole being to anime kind of came to be. Like, I was just curious. I'm like, I've seen it before. Where is it? Mm-hmm. But you, on the other hand, you were just like, you're literally raised in it. 
Yeah. The first game I remember, like, fully beating, and I didn't do it by myself with Budokai 1. Yeah, so. And so, but it really helps when your dad is, like, in it too, right? Yes. Yes. As I grew older, I got more into it than him, but that's because I have more time. Like, he's a grown man. He got a job. He got a kid to take care of. I'm just, like, some little, little kid or teenager with just internet time, just free time. Just, like, let me just look up some Dragon Ball stuff. Did you know, technically, in 1984, <laughs> I was just, I was joking. I was being a dork. <laughs> All right. So tell me, what is your favorite, I'm going to ask you a bunch of favorite questions. Okay. What is your favorite fight? Ooh. That's a good, oh, that's easy. Okay. Um, Goku Vegeta, first one. The first one? Okay. Personally, I've watched that fight more than pretty much any other TV show in general. Uh, yeah. Who is your favorite? How do I put this? Who's your favorite character that went from being an evil character to a good character? Mm. Vegeta doesn't count. <laughs> Probably tension on them. Yeah. Tien, okay. Probably Tien, because like uh, he's in every. If I don't know if you've noticed this, he's in every arc except the freeze arc. After his introduction. Yeah, I did notice that. He has an undying spirit. Like he gets whooped in every single arc that he comes back in. Like I guess Toriyama just like him a lot. Mm-hmm. But yeah, his stoicness and like I'm gonna hit you, and make a triangle. I mean, make a square out of a triangle. Just freaking dope. <laughs> <laughs> All right, who is your favorite support character? Krillin. Krillin? Okay. Krillin. They actually called me Krillin in my first show. <laughs> Aww. Uh, who is your favorite heroine character? My favorite heroine character? Hmm. It'd probably be Vidal. Okay. Probably, yeah, because because of her, uh, like they didn't just make her a mom. At, I mean, they did make her a mom at the end, but she still ended up doing stuff. Like when Gohan was a teenager, like she was still there with all, all those adventures, and then in the non-canon stuff, she was like right there and like boisterous. She was fighting Broly like no problem. <laughs> so I really like Vito. Um, and then lastly, who is? your favorite protagonist protagonist or like who's your favorite like you know lead character or character i mean i know goku's like the no that's a bad character who is just overall your favorite character i have three and i was just talking to somebody about this too i have three favorite characters um goku black is oh my god his design is fantastic. His moves are fantastic. His voice in Japanese is just basically down-pitched regular Goku, and he speaks in proper Japanese, if you will, whereas mm-hmm. Goku speaks in, like, broken <laughs> broken Japanese. So you hear the, like, low-pitched Goku speaking, like, eloquently to you. I'm like, my heart. And you get the pink hair. The pink hair, man. I don't know what it does to me. 
just that design is just freaking nuts. Oh, Super Saiyan Rose, when I saw that shit, oh, I lost oh my, my mind. God. No, literally the first time I saw that, I was like, this is what I've been missing in my life in Dragon Ball. <laughs> and then he has this big old scythe. I made him in fighters. Like, I, I have a deep love for that man, Goku Black. Second will be Frieza, the space racist. Because he's literally like pure, unadulterated evil and representative of, you know, colonization and slavery and all this other stuff. Yeah. So I really love Frieza. Not because he's the slave master, but because of everything that he represents, which is pretty dope. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, Frieza's cold. I mean, no pun intended, but he is <laughs> he is the coldest character. Like evil. Like, he is evil. He doesn't waver from being evil. Like, Goku, I mean, not Goku, like, Vegeta, Piccolo, Tenshinhan, as I said before, they all, like, teeter-totter and be like, okay, I guess I'll be a good guy now because Goku made me show, you know, the power of friendship. Frieza's like, nah, <laughs> I hate you, I hate your Saiyans, calls them monkeys, he literally greeted them, hello, monkeys, and then, <laughs> like, he just made his racist. I know. And doesn't waver. He doesn't change. And it's fantastic. He's just straight up evil. Oh my god. And then the third character would be Bardock. Just, you know, tragic. Bardock? You know, Bardock, tragic yeah. Hero. Yeah, he... Yeah, Goku's dad. Um, yeah, that really sucked with the Saiyan planet, you know? Um, I know that's like a, a given. I wish there was more... <sighs> Whenever they give us backstory with that planet, like planet mm-hmm. Vegeta, mm-hmm. I always want to know more. But yeah. they give you just enough to leave you feeling like there's you're not going to get as much information as you want. Yeah. Regardless of how much they're giving you, like they get, like you know the recent movie that came out. Oh man. Versus like all the uh, the uh, spinoff tales, like with um, Brawly and um, you know the le- the movie was called The Legend of Bardock. Is that what it was called? So uh, the special they called it in English. Uh, they called it Bardock, the father of Goku. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. I forgot what they called it. It's like Final Solitary Battle in Japanese or something else like that. <laughs> but, yeah. But, yeah, like, he, um, yeah, no, he, he was, he was a goat, but it sucked because I wish there was a way to tell more of a story, but it is what it is. Like, you, you can go so far back, right? Mm-hmm. Well, that's dope. Well, um, now that we're kind of coming down to a close, um, do you want to let people know what your plugs are? Yes. So, um, you can follow me on Twitter at DJ Tayokin. You can follow me at Instagram at DJ Tayokin. I'm on SoundCloud, soundcloud.com slash DJ Tayokin. Um, and then you could also find me on Bandcamp and that'd be djtayokin.bandcamp.com. Plus my music, yeah, and plus my music will be on Apple Music and Spotify and stuff when I start uploading again. Um, so you can check me out pretty much everywhere. Yeah, just make sure you guys keep an eye out for uh, mostly the end of April into the summertime. He's going to come into the summertime super hot with his new projects. Um, but like he said, find him on Twitter, Instagram, DJ. T-A-I-Y-O-U-K-E-N DJ Tayugan. And then again, like he said, on his band cap as well. All right, but I think that wraps it up for Downcast and Drive. Thanks again, guys, for listening. And I hope you have a wonderful night.
See you guys. Thank you.